So Money Episode 793, Jen Eden, Sugar Addiction Expert. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Our guest today is in the midst of selling her belongings, packing up her family of five, heading into an RV, and spending the next year traveling the country. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Thanks for coming back. Today's guest is Jen Eden. She is a sugar addiction expert, author, and empowerment coach who helps female entrepreneurs learn how to increase their energy through proper nutrition. She is the author of Woman Unleashed. Lately, she's become more interested in helping families and children overcome their sugar addictions, and that is what has sparked this move. Over the next year, Jen and her husband and three children will be going from state to state to visit schools and universities to educate kids and young adults about healthy eating. And she arrives at this major transition, I think, knowing a thing or two about what it takes to be brave. She's a former medical school dropout. She is a survivor of a near-death home explosion, and she's got her handle on her health and her finances. Hear how she and her husband did the math to figure out if they could really afford to travel the country for a year. Here is Jen Eden. Jen Eden, welcome to So Money in the midst of all your downsizing. Thank you for making the time to join us and give us all the inside scoop. Arnoosh, thank you for having me. I am always excited to spread the message of unleashing Unleashing. And I mean, you as a sugar addiction expert and coach and mom of three and entrepreneur, I mean, there's so many reasons why I would like to have you on this podcast. But when we last ran into each other, you announced that you and your husband and your three kids are moving out and going across the country and going on an RV and uh, spreading your mission to help particularly children um, kind of unleash their sugar addictions and become more educated around healthy eating. And so let's begin there because I think like if, if that is such a fascinating endeavor and listeners are probably super curious, I am, about how this is actually coming to fruition. You're in the midst of it. Your house is on the market as we speak. Yeah. Uh, you're, I can only imagine how many boxes you're filling or uh, donating. So tell us about, one, the moment you realized this was something you not only wanted to do, but had to do. That is such a great question. It is definitely something that comes from within. It is not something you overthink. Because, <laughs> right, imagine if I overthink this, it ain't happening. You're not doing it. It was one day we just looked at each other. We do a lot of that, like hanging out. We're not big TV watchers. And we just had been talking about finding a way to leave New York and check out other places to live. We just don't feel like this is home. No offense, New Yorkers, but like 43 plus years here. And it just feels like we need a change. And then just miracles started to happen. And that's how you know that you're on the right path. What all miracles? Sudden, well, all of a sudden, I met a beautiful woman, Trisha Brooke, and she's like, look, 
I love your idea. I'd like to film it. Check off the box. I had a neighbor that heard we were moving and passing and said, I'm interested in your house and you want to sell it with all the contents so we can talk for an issue about how many boxes I'm not packing. Hmm. Like check the box. And my business is absolutely, I can coach from the road, check the box. And the other box was to talk to the children and just get a sense of how they felt because I don't want them feeling like this is happening to them. Um, They go to a local Montessori and it's just really important to follow the child. That's the mantra. And right, as kids, they don't always feel like they have a voice. So we sat with each of them, right? Luke is 10, Sydney's five and Caitlin's eight. And they all had like a different reaction, but they were all good reactions. And Joe and I were like box checked, like let's get the budget handled. And like, when are we leaving? And it's literally how it started. We just started checking off boxes. So we'll get to the financials in a moment, but ahead of that, is this going to be um, something that you're going to do for the next 10 years? Uh, Do you have a timeline? Are you going to come back to Huntington where you currently live? So one year is what I think my type A personality, super OCD can handle. So we said one year, we're starting to map out, you know, going south in the winter and then going out west. So we're starting to map out what we want it to look like and the campsites. And um, we gave ourselves a year to find a new place we want to live. We don't, and I'm so sorry, mom and dad, but we're not planning on We don't think anyway, right, coming back to New York. But like with any endeavor, you don't really know until you do it. So for us, we're keeping, you know, an open mind while selling the house, right, to bank the money and and just have that freedom. If we see something we love, boom, we're just going to put the money down. That's what we said. And we're just going to purchase. But this conversation, you said you look into your husband's eyes, let's get out of here. What brought you to that point? I mean, there must have been clues along the way that there was a change that needed to happen. And so kind of get messy in that for me a little bit. I want to know more about that. So I've got a friend for four years who does this full time. Hmm. And she actually was my virtual assistant for years. And when she first told me she unschools, I was like, this is insane. Like it's insane. So that was like four or five years ago. She just planted a seed, but I called her insane. And then over the years we would touch base. She was doing work for me. She'd tell me where, you know, where she was in what state. And I don't, you, I think, you know, this. like when you plant a seed, someone plants a seed and then you kind of start watering it yourself. All of a sudden the seed becomes a plant. And so like it became a plant and Joe and I just felt like, we were done. It was literally in a conversation. Um, so if we can go there and you want to, you can decide. But, you know, this comes from Joe and I are survivors of a, a near-death gas explosion when we were just married four months. So for those who are listening who are survivors of something, like life takes on like different meaning. And because we've already, in essence, lost everything we've owned, not by choice, um, 17 years ago, We enjoyed, believe it or not, the freedom that came with not having a lot of stuff. Of course, we had to deal with the post-traumatic stress, a lot of that. But when we got past that, there was this freedom of not owning a lot. And, you know, you know, Farnesha, you have have two kids yourself, but like you start to collect (laughs) as a mom, as a parent. And we hit a point where we just didn't want to collect anymore. And we felt like 
well, let's quote unquote, lose everything we own now, but let's do it by choice. And so that's where it's coming from. You know, we're just, we've survived. We're, we're just both entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot all about that near death experience. What, uh, what happened? You were obviously not at home when this happened. I, okay. So the quick on that is I was working at a nonprofit at the time. The house had been consumed with gas all day. There was a leak on the street of a gas pipe and it, it was in the middle of the winter. So gas, right. Can't rise out of the ground. It just followed the pipe into the house. And when my husband picked me up from the airport, he hadn't been home all day. It's about 12 hours of gas leaking into the house. And I tried to save our cats because they were in the house and literally the house blew up on me. I mean, I know I'm making this simplifying this, but I have about 35 stitches on my face. I love that you can't see them. Thank you to my plastic surgeon. No, you can't. I, I was blown out of the house. I mean, I literally oh saw light furnish and all jokes aside, I'm here to talk about it. And when that happened, I remember I told Joe, there's a reason I lived and why my eyes were saved Um, because the door split and it it could have um, taken my eyes. So it didn't. And so I I found my profession. A year later, I quit my job and I've literally been doing this work through the birth of three kids for the last 14 plus years. So everything has a reason. And now this RV trip feels like the next big reason for both of us, really. Wow. Yeah. And you've written a book. Um, Does it touch on all this? Because this, to me, just seems like a puzzle that's piecing together. I love that. Ah, So it's Woman Unleashed. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly pieces of this that I've learned over the last 14 plus years. I wrote it at the 10 plus mark. And people always ask, Jen, like, how'd you write a book? You had three kids under five in the house at one point. Like, how'd you do it? And it's very similar to the RV trip. I mean, I don't know if you can relate, Farnoosh, but these things kind of birthed themselves. It just came to me. And a friend of mine knew someone who was promoting a way to write books where I speak and they publish. And I was like, this is God telling me. So I was meditating on the lawn. I speak it. They publish. And it's literally, yes, it encompasses all of this. It's about keeping it simple. It's about how to kick and manage your sugar to get rid of brain fog. It's about getting rid of the junk, hmm. literally a chapter, right? Out of yeah. your environment, your relationships and your mind. And so the book is definitely based on, on surviving and, you know, my lessons living and coaching. What made you realize that uh, sugar was your, was your expertise, that, that that needed to be what you wanted to educate people on? Uh, that's a great question. I, I love having that. you on as a guest, by the way. I could you just tell me I ask all the great questions and it makes me uh, feel good. It, it they also yeah because they are <laughs> like how I differ from so many other people that you know are health coaches and I everyone is for someone. But the difference with me is I've been a recovering sugar addict like since I'm a kid. I grew up with um, depression, anxiety in the house, like the real deal parents on and off meds. I've seen everything. And, and I had my own challenges. My mom had told me just a couple of years ago, I was born sick. I had a cyst on my neck and she chose not to have, um, the surgery done. So for the first year of my life, I was on an antibiotic. And for those who don't know, one round of antibiotic will kill the gut flora a whole year's worth. Forget about it. And Gut health is absolutely related to sugar cravings. So 
poor me. I mean, yeah, now I give back by teaching other women, but I was a wreck as a kid. I mean, I didn't know 10 Oreo cookies, you know, was a lot. And then I could eat two rows and then I would have anxiety. And it was really, it was really tough. And as a kid, we kind of laugh it off. I see that with my friends, kids and stuff. But when you're in your twenties and you're still doing it and you're in college dressing up as a witch, so you can get free candy with your friends, you know, you have a problem. And I really, after the gas explosion, I really decided it was time to just clean this up and get educated. And it was like, after I got certified, I knew that my problem was going to become my passion. And the difference with me is, you know, I teach people to kick it, but I also teach you to manage it because I don't know. I respect those who are off it entirely, but to me, I I like to enjoy life and I have children and and normalcy is very important in my house. And um, so I kick and I manage it. And it's because that's how I live. All right. Before we got on this podcast, I had to ask you a personal mom question uh, related to my kids and sugar. I mean, so Evan is four and, you know, we, we make sure that he gets his fruits and vegetables and generally there's no like candy or he doesn't even like chocolate. He actually does not like chocolate, believe it or not, which breaks my heart a little bit. I'm hoping he'll outgrow that. But as far as like his favorite foods, you know, and what he will sometimes cry at dinner to have, even though we've made like salmon, he'll want, he'll want uh, cereal, he'll want um, peanut butter and jelly. Like lunchtime is, is, you know, I feel like we've come a long way even there because um, at first it was just peanut butter and jelly all the time. And now I'm introducing like sushi and one thing that has helped is that his school really insists upon uh, sort of these like waste-free lunch boxes. So like obviously the lunch box is reusable, but like the, the the ingredients inside. So don't send, for example, Ziploc bags full of treats or a pack of whatever. So that kind of limits you um, or at least inspires you to, to like cut up the fruit, right? And put it there and not do packaged foods. So that's been good. But yet, you know, I think like a lot of parents, I'm frustrated because he likes the go-to kind of like sugary, salty foods. And so how do yeah. I expand his palate without having a fight? I I love everything you've shared. And the first thing that came to mind is like you modeling great um, eating habits is to me like number one. I always tell parents, children watch us more than they listen to us. So me modeling great habits is like number one. And so just take a look at yourself without any judgment. Could you model it better anywhere? Like that's the first thing that came to mind. Mm -hmm. Number two, given that I have a 10 year old now and I've seen him through all these phases, um, taste buds are always changing. And one of the pitfalls I see moms fall into is when a kid says they don't want it, they think that's permanent. So then they, they stop trying. I'm just going to throw out the zucchini as an example mm. or asparagus. Cause that's two things um, I'm working on with my children and I just keep introducing it and we'll make deals for inertia. I'll do it. I'm making deals at the table. Oh yeah. Bite just have it, four more bite bites it. and yeah. <laughs> we'll but get out I, the Lego set before bed, you know, like I love you. Yes. And because of what I do for a living, I actually educate my kids from a really small age. Like to me, four, they're, he's listening. He's super smart. 
So I'm talking about how we have to balance out our processed foods with the healthier foods that keep mommy and daddy healthy so we can be around a long time. And I started that probably from birth that it's memorized in my kids now. It's like normal for them to say, wow, mom, you know, I had sugar once today. Like they recognize it and say, "Mm, can I have it again today? You know, and that's just a normal edit conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, I remember also before I had kids, there was a friend of mine who said that growing up, his mom was a nutritionist, Mm. um, that they were conditioned to really see fruit as a dessert. Uh-huh. It, like after dinner, a lot of traditional families might bring out a piece of pie or cake yes. or a cookie. We don't yeah. do that. We'll do like pineapple or mango or strawberry. And um, that that just is like, again, the modeling. I think it, that that I feel like we've done a good job on. Like we don't, my kids don't really have a sweet tooth. Although my daughter, well, she's 18 months. I think the milk just gets you off on a wrong, like the milk is so sugary. Well, what kind of milk? We're talking cow's milk or yeah. milk? Cow's milk. Um, well, I'm not giving my kid almond milk, you know, until she's a little older. That can be a little Well, we could talk about that now or on a side note. Yeah, this, we're getting a little off, uh, yeah, off, but the, I didn't give off my the rails. All that much milk. So we could totally talk about that. But you mentioned something else about... Oh, dessert. I love that. So I want you to know because addiction runs in my family... I don't do anything often. Like I'm going to say that again, because it's so helpful. The tips that I share with women, I don't do anything other than the gym and drinking water. I don't do anything all that often. So I won't do, you know, um, a dessert after dinner every night. Like we just keep switching it up when we go out to dinner. I know most people, their kids think of dessert. When I say we never have dessert, it's just not even a thought. Like we ate dinner, we go home. And, um, and I did want to add that we do frozen fruit for Anoush. It's heaven, frozen organic mango after dinner. You have to just experience it literally It's like ice cream. So my kids will pick it the freezer for frozen fruit a lot. And it's amazing. That's so. a great, great tip. I love that. And it won't go bad. Nope. I mean, make smoothies in the morning for them. We could talk about that. Yeah. Smoothies. All right. So many good chips. Thank you. I ha- hey, I mean, I have a sugar addiction expert on the show. I'm not going to let her go without giving us a few <laughs> takeaways. Uh, but let's get back to uh, the financials of yeah. basically starting a new life, you know, like selling everything and three kids, RV. So how, what was important for you as a family unit and as you and your husband were going through your finances to feel comfortable around? Like, was there a certain amount of savings you wanted? Did you, did you actually model this out financially to figure out what it would cost and what your, like, so walk me through that a little bit, because I think that's really educational. That's really important. If I can just say also, because I I do the sugar thing so much, everything always links back to sugar cravings. Having, you know, debt managed, if you even have any, and I'm feeling comfortable with a budget really does help the emotional cravings that come. So I told you, there's no way we're doing this. And then I'm going to be like having all these cravings because I'm so stressed out, you know, about the money. And so, yeah, no, we have a budget. I believe budgets equal freedom. Some people don't believe that. But for me, if I know what I'm spending within a range, that's freedom to me. So that we have handled. Um, We have a, which is amazing for those who can relate or are like, oh, I want that too. We have um, 
a nice amount of what we'll call passive income that comes in through my husband's business that we can literally live off of for the year without touching any savings. And whatever I make is gravy. So we're just like seeing dollar signs hitting the road that we're just going to bank. So for us, we feel truly blessed that we set ourselves up this way. Um, But the budget furnish, oh my gosh. So living in New York or on Long Island compared to in an RV, even if it's lavish, I want to say it's, what did we say? One fourth? What one fifth, what it'll cost? Like, I don't know how to spend the money. It's, it's really incredible because being in an RV, being in that, you know, environment of that doubt, that much, you know, downsized, the, you can't buy the typical stuff that extra pair of boots. I'm, I'm already thinking about, Oh, I need an extra, you know, dish towel. You don't buy it. You don't it's buy it. Fun. No gas might be a little more expensive, but gas runs you about five to $600 a month, which, you know, Hey, if you're not used to that, it, it could be something, but that's literally one of our biggest expenses. <laughs> Imagine. Wow. It's going to be like our biggest expense. We're going to trail our Jeep. So as soon as wherever we want to be, we're just going to hop in the, um, the four door Jeep and, and scoot around and that'll be great. And, um, so are you doing like a 10 city tour? Uh, how's that? Our schools already, you already got all the schools lined up that you're going to be talking to. Oh, yes. So part of this is right, is going school to school, state to state, ideally. I have not done that yet, but I know doors are going to open. It's a matter of me just reaching out. Um, it's a matter of me reaching out. So I haven't done that yet. I feel like, let me get the house in order, right? I, I call that the foundation. Let me get the homeschooling set up, the budget, getting the house on the market. And I just feel like once I start reaching the easy out. part, it'll yeah. be really interesting to kind of regroup after a year that you've done this to learn about your new perspectives on lifestyle and what you actually need, what you thought you needed, what you desire now as someone who has gone through this experience. Maybe you will stretch it out for more time. Who knows? Are you going to be open to that? I'm open to if in three months I don't feel sane we're good. Like we gauge everything on how we feel. I mean, that's how I parent as well. You know, how are the kids doing emotionally? Um, I'm going to base it on how we feel, but we, we do have the one year and we know we're not set on a year. If we love it that much, I mean, I got to find a way to drop into Alaska. I got to make sure I hit Alaska in an RV. So if I can't get there in 365 days for we're going longer. Tell me a little bit about your money perspectives, your financial philosophy. Do you have one? Uh, that's a great question. Well, you know what's amazing? Because I was listening to, to other podcast guests. And so we all have different stuff. But for me, it's partially, you know, my parents, which is, you know, save for the future. But because of my near-death, right, gas explosion experience, it's also experience what you want now. So for me, I feel like Joe and I have a, a really good mix and, and we're married, what, 16 plus years now. So we used to just spend and figure it out. And now we're more about save, right? So the stress isn't there. And then how about you also have those moments where there's spontaneity because it can be stressful over saving. I've seen both sides, you know, over saving or overspending. And I feel like we have a nice middle ground now. So find the middle ground. Uh, it's October and uh, 
Our sponsor, Chase Slate, wants to know, I think this is a cute question, cute slash uh, serious. What has been your scariest money experience or scariest money moment? Oh, Spooky. What a big question. When my husband quit his stable job and I said, don't worry, Bib, I'll carry, the, I'll carry us <laughs> until your business gets off the ground. We were married. Oh, my gosh. Three months. Not kidding. House blew up four months. Like, don't get me started. So and he was like, I remember being his cheerleader. And, you know, you have these grandiose thoughts when you start a business. You know, the clients are just going to come and everything's going to work out. And I remember calling and he's like, nothing today, babe. And I was like, okay, uh, Uh. I'll keep carrying us. And, uh, you know, want to have kids. How are we doing? And so that I remember the entrepreneurial way wasn't quite as glorious. I mean, now things are great. You know, he's what, 17 years in, but that initial, you know, you quit, I'll stay. And then we reversed it, right? He had his business and I quit. It, that, that, those are, those are two, I would say jumping, you know, off the trapeze and, and kind of waiting for the next bar to come. Right. Transitional. Um, I think, uh, in writing a book about female breadwinners and in the marriages where it's not necessarily the predictable thing, like maybe they got married and he was making more and then it flipped. Um, that can be very off-putting or unsettling for couples, for individuals in, in, in relationships. So I find through a lot of my interviews, I found through a lot of my interviews that women and men say the important thing is that you, when those things happen, you really reassess each person's contribution and purpose in the relationship. Because sometimes so much of our sense of contribution and self-worth is is tied to our work and the money that we bring from that work. So uh, I don't know if that is something that you can relate to, but I, f- I feel like that's something that a lot of other couples will say was necessary. No, absolutely. So Joe and I, we base our relationship. We always say why we've made it work all these years, because I mean, it is not easy. Every woman who's being honest will admit, you know, living with someone else raised different than you. It is not easy, but we've got this open communication. Tell me like it is. I promise not to get insulted. Um, Outlook and agreement. And so when I'm starting, which is so great to to not reach where he is, but I'm, I'm creeping up there, Farnoosh. It's feeling really good. And he just this morning knew I was coming on with you. And he said, you know, babe, I'm so proud of you and everything you're doing. And there's just zero jealousy. I honestly think he would love it. And we just don't have our self-esteem tied, I think, to those roles the way most do. Mm-hmm. Maybe because he car- I carried us and he rocked out his business and then, you know, vice versa. Then he carried us and, and we just recently hired someone um, afternoons part-time to help me so that you ready? I don't fold laundry anymore. Oh, wrong hallelujah. I don't do laundry. Good. Um, she cooks what I say. She's paleo. She's super healthy. She drives my kids. When How you did know, you find her? Oh, my gosh. My husband said, you're growing so fast. We need to get you help. And I was like, I don't think so. How are we going to afford this? Let me tell you, your income levels will raise to meet your needs. I, this woman is more than covered and she's a gift to us. And because I feel like with the RV trip, same thing, 
when it's meant to be and you're rising up to your next big thing that you're doing with your life, the universe, God, whatever you believe in, it, it just rises up to meet you. And we found her. And she takes over Farnoosh so I can do she is me, literally. Wow. I have duplicated. What was so that job description and where did you put it so I can do that and get that person to come to my house did, in the afternoon? I did care.com. Hmm. And with all due respect, I'm giving my husband, this is what we do with each other, all the credit because I've had amazing women that I found, but he wrote it. Maybe it was with his masculine energy. <laughs> I don't know, but he did it and I'm thanking him ever since. And she was the first woman we interviewed six months ago and... You know, you got to vet them out, but you'll know when you meet. And so I'm proud to say I no longer do laundry. But I will tell you just the real quick on that. That was a really hard transition. Okay, the first month or two, because I never realized how much of like my worth almost was tied to. Yeah, I also bring in money. But this no, no, no. I take care of the house. So like letting go of that, I had to just realize, you know, just because we call ourselves moms or a wife. That that's a cultural thing. We don't need to embody that, you know, and and make that a truth. So when I let go of that, I don't even vacuum anymore. I'm like, eh. <laughs> Fantastic. Good for you. Good way to invest your money. That's later. I I ask guests like, what's an expense that you afford that makes your life easier and or better? I think you just answered that. Mm. Yes. Let's do some so money fill in the blanks. Speaking of, this is uh, when I start a sentence or ask a question and you kind of fill in the blank or answer it really quick off the top of your head. No, don't oh, overthink gosh. it, I guess is, is my only advice. So the first one is when I, or it, well, not when I imagine that when I win the lottery, cause that's happening. If I ever win the lottery, let's say half a million or sorry, half a billion dollars, 500 million, a hundred million, whatever they go for now. The first thing I would do is buy a house in the Rockies. Yeah. So what's, I don't know. what's I your don't draw know there? What are you going to end up living there after your uh, RV tour? Well, I said buy a house there because I need several. No, I, I need water. Water is very healing and life giving to me. So I know we don't want to live there forever, but I would have multiple homes for sure. So but a house around the Rockies. Hands down. Rockies, inspirational. I mean, I don't know if you can feel it if you've ever been, but inspirational. Wow. What a gift you're giving to your children. P.S. Taking them across the country. I've been to like a handful of states my entire life. My parents, uh, we didn't even go to the beach growing up. You know, we were just kind of like hung out um, mostly at home. But uh, I think they were just tired of all the movement. They immigrated. So they're like, once they got here, they're like, we're just, we're good. That's right. We don't need to see any more. <laughs> Amazing. But that's real for them. Yeah. My parents have no desire to move. They think we're nuts. I respect it just because I know the mentality, but I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Well, RV is moving, people. Get on it or bust. Truth. All right. One thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is? Oh, to save more of it when you're young. Because, man. Because your house might blow up. <laughs> Oh, it's just all the money I spent as a kid, right? Oh, I would have just saved more of it as a kid. Now I believe in a balance, but as a kid, psh, save you know, it. I wonder if there are some similar principles like with your children where yeah. not eating sugar is not a fight. It's not 
It's mm-hmm. not a trade-off necessarily, but when you're a kid and you make your money, saving it can feel that way. I wonder how we can uh, – I mean, I know a lot of parents are doing the good work of modeling well for their kids. And I know a lot of people on the show who said when I was a kid, like that was just the way I was raised, that you save your money and I just took it at face value. And it's as, it is as simple as that sometimes, right? It is. But just the way I teach my kids about sugar, my parents were so tight about it that it turned me off. So too tight about sugar, your kids get turned off. Mm. Too tight about money, I got turned off. Versus Jen, you know, save 70, 30, you know, enjoy the 30, spend right. the, save the 70. So it was, it was too tight. So I rebelled. <laughs> <sighs> I know. So it's like me. I'm on the whole 30 right now. I do this like once a year. It's my second year <laughs> for a month. You know, I, I um, and I'm, I'm kind of in detox mode right now where I'm looking at a picture of muffins right now and whimpering on the inside. Uh, but I know I just need to get through this week. And on the first day, I just kind of decided spontaneously to do it. It was October 1st. And I was like, I'm doing it. I said, I just need to commit to a whole 24 hours. Just commit. And I have been repeating that word commit in my head. Maybe it was the Will Smith video that I saw when he jumped out of his, you know, he turned 50 and he jumped out of a plane or whatever he did. And he kept saying on the interview later, like, you got to commit. Just commit. It's like Will Smith in my head telling you to commit. Hey, I'll take it. Hey, I started October 1st, too. We didn't even know that on this call. No, we didn't. Oh, all right. So processed food free and sugar free. Yeah. What I like about the whole 30 is that you can still have fruit. You know, you can still, um, I feel like I have more choices on the whole 30 than I do on other diets that cut out a lot of stuff. And, you know, when I first did it last year, I was big on dairy. Oh my gosh, cheese and yogurts and coffee with milk. And now I've probably gone to, since that month, uh, while I've gotten back to a lot of the like regular eating habits, but the milk, the dairy has really, I realized like I don't need that and I don't miss it. Huge. Huge. So I kind of do these things. I feel like if I if I can learn one thing and stick with one good habit from a month full of, yes, you know, extreme habits, then I think uh, that's that's yes. success. That's how you do it, by the way. That's exactly what you do. You build on wisdom for the next thing. I always yeah. tell my clients that it's just wisdom. Beautiful. All right. Uh, next, when I donate, I like to give to blank because oh, children's charities because they're our future. Yeah. Oh, Wait, yeah. by the way, um, you're hitting up all of these schools. Are you thinking like elementary, middle school, high school, all, all of it? What a great question. I love elementary. Those kids are so delicious at that age. High school, you probably get a couple of eye rolls because they were yeah. ready. Oh, man. The juicy fruit. And all. But for me, if I can show how much sugar is in something in a live demo and then show them, you know, fast food burger from 2006. That's in a Ziploc in my garage that hasn't deteriorated. Like I'm good. I don't say much. It's my signature 20 minute workshop. So, right. I'm, I'm not about, yeah, I'm just not about preaching. I'm about showing and showing is life changing. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's how I'm going to pitch it to the schools. So I'm thinking elementary, um, I'm thinking elementary schools and in areas where children don't have access to this information at all. Like my kids, Montessori, I've done it there multiple years. And while I love it, and that's what put the idea in my head, that I can deliver a 15-minute workshop impactfully, like it's impactful. 
but they know a lot of this. You know, they're coming in with, ah, fruit. We can't do cupcakes or anything for birthdays. It's, it takes the extra kick out of it for me. You know what I'm saying? Versus I get a kid who maybe is on the spectrum. Parents don't know why, right? They're a little anxious. Um, I can teach them how sugar is hidden in everything. And all you got to do is consider water over a Gatorade or, or a Coke, but not because Jen said so, because you pour 15 teaspoons on a plate and their faces, Farnoosh, are priceless. And so they'll for, they'll remember that forever, right? When I'm long gone. So yeah, yeah, it's kids. I'm all about the kids. All about the kids. I do think that, and you could make the argument that, uh, I know like, at least for me, um, my kids are growing up with a lot of healthier eating habits than I did, where there just wasn't as much education in the 80s around what's, sh- like how sugar impacts your, you know, your health and carbs and all of that. Um, yeah. I mean, just, just last week, they told us it's okay to eat as many eggs as we want. My entire life, I was limiting my weekly egg and consumption to two per week because I th- I thought I was going to die of a heart attack if other if yeah, I, no. <laughs> I did otherwise. Yeah, so, hey, not true. So not far. true. I love <laughs> eggs. Thank God. Because <laughs> we can eat that for the month. <laughs> no, but how many lunches did I have with bologna and mayonnaise and white bread and the <laughs> soda that I drank? I mean, my kids have never had soda. Well, cl- clearly my baby has never, but my son who's four has never had soda. And I know that... Uh, that is a huge thing. If you can just, that alone is such a huge win. I don't know if I can control this. <laughs> He's going to be uh, going to more play dates in other people's no. homes soon, no. but no, not control in our house. Versus educate for yeah. control versus He can educate. do it. You're just going to teach him what it does. That's all I do. Right. And if they have it, you I bless your them. teeth. I bless them. Yeah. Bless them and move on. Cause some of it we can't control. I just right. keep educating. Yeah, just uh, keep on. My mom used to strap me in the car with the seatbelt on so I couldn't leave the car. And uh, well, I mean, also because it was not safe not to have your seatbelt on. But her point was like, I strapped you in and I would just drive and I would tell you things. You just had to absorb because there was nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Wow. That that was where I got a lot of life lessons growing up between the ages of like four and eight was just in the back of the car. That's beautiful. I'm <laughs> sure I do that in the RV. No, really. Thank you for that. Yeah, just like there are a lot of that's like the best time to talk to your kids because like they, no one's going anywhere for a while, especially you. TV in the car. There's nothing. We're just talking. It's, yes. it's a beautiful thing, and we're a talking family, so it works. TV's rarely on. Yep. And last but not least, I'm Jen Eden. I'm so money because oh, I spend my free time. Doing good on the planet. <laughs> yeah. I really do. It's crazy good. And the good is starting at home. You're doing such a great um, service to your family and to your kids. And I look forward to staying in touch all this time as you embark on this and keep us updated and maybe have you back in a year when you've been through it and you have more to say. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Thank you so much for having me. Best wishes. Thanks so much to Jen for coming on the show. To learn more about her, you can visit jecoaching.com. Her book is called Woman Unleashed. It's available on Amazon. And she is on Twitter at Jen2Ns.
Edin. All this information is back at somoneypodcast.com where you can download the audio as well as the transcript. And if you want to ask me a question for our Friday episodes, that's also where you can hit me up. Click on Ask Farnoosh. But also, I'm pretty active on Instagram. If you'd like to connect with me on the go, DM me there and we'll be in touch. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And I hope your day is so money. Money.